Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Wow, it's a pleasure to be back. Wow. So this week, we have a very exciting parasha, the last parasha in the Torah, V'zot HaBracha. This doesn't happen very often, only once a year. That's something, right? Hashem. No, but the last one is only once a year. Hashem, you know, as we had a beautiful Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we're looking forward to Sukkot. This is, this is the best time of the year. This is unbelievable. And Baruch Hashem, we had Smachot. We had, we had a grandson, Baruch Hashem Mazaltov. Bezat Hashem, we should only continue to hear and celebrate and enjoy Smachot together. It's amazing, amazing thing. I'm going to share with you an idea tonight from the parasha, from Bezot HaBracha. I think it's a very powerful idea about the importance of Shalom. We're going to learn about that. I'm going to share with you at the end, God willing, we have time, a story from Rabbi Duvi Ben Susan. I think that has a very, very powerful message about Shalom, making sure there's peace. Fortunately, we see so often the opposite. We see people fighting. The worst is when you see in families. It happens very often. In families, brothers and sisters, cousins, terribly destructive behavior. Very often it has to do with money, you're right. It very often has to do with money. A little bit of money and everyone's already going at each other's throats. That's unbelievable. So I want to share an idea tonight from the Pasha about the importance and power of keeping shalom, keeping peace. We have a Gemara in Masechet Tanit. We'll start off with this. And this is a Gemara we haven't gotten to yet, but God willing, we're going to get to very soon. It's on Davchet. We're holding on Davchet. We're going to get to this very soon, maybe even this next week. The Gemara tells us something here, and it's a similar Gemara in Megillah. I'm going to show you in a minute. Very difficult Gemara. Listen to the Gemara. <clears throat> the Gemara tells us here, and the Gemara in Megillah we're going to see is even stronger. Rava Amar. It's Chet Amud Aleph, middle of the page. Rava Amar. Rava says like this. If there's two Torah scholars who live in one city, and they don't get along in Halacha, they don't get along in Halacha, they provoke. Mitkani means they provoke means they bring up anger, Hashem's anger. They bring up anger and hatred and fighting in the world. And it quotes a pasuk. When you have two Torah scholars in one city who are not getting on, very interesting idea. They don't get along in halacha. What do you mean they don't get along in halacha? Now, it doesn't mean, I want to point out, one says kasher and the other one says treif. That's okay, you can argue. There's a disrespect, it seems like. They won't even listen to each other. Two Torah scholars, they create hatred and anger and fighting in that city. It's a very negative thing. Comes the Gemara Megillah, the, the end of the Masechet, and the Gemara says an even stronger statement. Listen to this. Based on a Pasuk in The Pasuk tells us, Shnei Tambi, Rabbi Sharshia says, 
תשני תלמידי חכמים היושבים בעיר אחת ואין נוחין זה את זה בהלכה? If you have two Torah scholars in one city and they don't get along with each other, means in halacha, but it means they don't see eye to eye in a way that they should? Aleyem ha-katuv omer, about such Torah scholars, the Torah tells us in Yechezkel, it says, V'gam ani natati lahem, I gave them chukim lo tovim. I gave them statutes, chukim, rules that are not good. Umishpatim lo yechyu bahem, and rules that they will not live by. Meaning to say that if you have two Torah scholars in one city and they don't enochin zed zeb alacha, they don't get along as they should, they bring all kinds of negative and destructive things to the city to the degree that it says lo yechyu bahem. They're not even going to live. They're going to cause total destruction. And we have to understand. They don't get along. Fine. Why is that such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal if two Torah scholars don't get along? So he has his shul, and he has his Beit Knesset, and he has his Beit Midrash. Okay. Oh. It's a big deal. Okay, they don't get along. Fine. They don't get along. No. The Gemara is saying it is a very, very big deal. Why is it such a big deal? The outcome. The outcome is going to be very destructive. We'll learn about that. Bekiva students. Oh. Now I'll give you another example. A hundred percent. You're right. We know there's a parashat in the Torah. We've spoken about this many times in parashat Naso, called parashat Sota. What is parashat Sota? We have the section in the Torah of the suspect parashat Sota. Sota. We spoke about this. The, the suspected adulterous woman. What does it mean? It means you have a husband who sees that his wife seems to be acting in a way that's adulterous. She seems to be cheating on him. He doesn't know for sure. So he warns her in front of witnesses, don't go into seclusion with Ishploni, with uh, Yanko, with somebody specific. If she has witnesses that she was warned, and there's witnesses that saw her go into seclusion, not that she for sure cheated, they just saw her go into a private room, nobody knows what happened, she becomes a sota. Sota does not mean that she's for sure was mezane. We don't know. So what happens now is, she's a surah to her husband. She's prohibited to him until we clarify what happened. How do we clarify what happened? There's a special procedure in the Torah called Sota. She has to go to the Beit HaMikdash. She undergoes an entire procedure where she's embarrassed publicly. Very humiliating. Terrible, terrible situation. And at the end of it, that everybody knows the most about, is they take a special potion. It's a mixture of different items. They give it to her to drink. She brings a korban. Now, if she was Mizana, she really cheated on her husband. What ends up happening is, as the Torah tells us, in a horrible way, she'll perish, she'll die. Her body essentially self-explodes. Blows up from inside. If she was not Mizane, meaning she didn't really cheat on her husband, she gets a special bracha, that if she couldn't have children in an easy way, she'll have children in an easy way. She was bearing unhealthy. She was bearing unhealthy children. She'll have healthy children, like Chana, exactly. What's that? She wanted to cheat the system. What is it? 
Yosef's asking, what happens if she admits her guilt? So then, she's divorced without a ketuvah. That's it. It's, she should. She should. That's why the entire. That's why the entire time we try to encourage her. If you were mezana, admit your guilt. You're not going to get your ketuvah, but you won't die. Hundred percent. We want her to admit her guilt. We don't want her to go through this. She doesn't get paid the ketuvah. Yeah, but that's. It's her life. We're talking about a, you know a couple of ten thousand dollars. You know, it's it's uh, your life is much more 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 worth than that. Obviously, that's why the Gemara and Sota. It's uh, this is debated in Shas. It seems like there were stories. Yeah, that's the story of Sota. There's different reasons. They might be too proud to admit. They might not believe that it's effective. There's different reasons. But we want them to admit, actually. <laughs> oh, and what do they use to drink? Excellent question. <laughs> the witch's potion, you gotta know. So the Gemara tells us, based on the Psukim, this was a special potion. This was not a chemical reaction. Okay, this is not a normal chemical reaction. There's no uh, sulfurous oxidization. This is not, that's not what's going on here. This is a spiritual reality, but they did use special parts to put inside. What were those special ingredients? But they used special dirt from under the stones in the Beit HaMikdash. One of the things they used was a special scroll that had letters of the Torah written inside of it. And one of those letters, which is the section of Sota, it also had God's name written on that scroll. They would take a scroll that had God's name written on it, erase it in the water, and then she would drink that water. And the Gemara says, how could you do this? Erasing God's name? That's one of the greatest isurim. To erase God's name, it's a tremendous isur. One second, slow down, my friend. So, how could you do such a thing? You're going to erase God's name, which is one of the greatest mochek, to, to erase God's name, it's a tremendous prohibition. And the Gemara says, Hashem says, I would prefer you erase my name to restore to bring back the shlom bayit, the peace between man and his wife. And therefore, go ahead and erase my name as long as it will declare her innocent so that she could stay with her husband. An unbelievable thing. And we have to understand, how could that be? Why is shlom bayit more important, as Hashem tells us, He tells us, erase my name rather than have her and her husband fighting with each other. I'd rather erase my name so you can clarify that she's innocent and she can be with her husband, even though you're doing a great isur of mochek, of mechikat Hashem, which is a tremendous isur, because shlom bayit is more important than the isur of erasing my name. Why is Shalom Bayit so important that it allows us to erase God's name? Matan, you're on the ball tonight. I'm telling you this guy. No, Matan. You brought me to my next point. Now we have a Gemara, two Gemarot in Mesechet Sota. Listen to these two Gemarot. Exactly like Matan just told us. Shalom Bayit is so important. Must be so important. Before I get to that Gemara in a minute, I just want to clarify something. There is, Chazal tell us, we say this in the Tefillah, Talmidei Chachamim 
Uh, we, we spoke about this recently, actually. Talmidei Chachamim Marbim Shalom Ba'olam. Talmidei Chachamim, Torah scholars increase peace in the world. So we have to understand why. Obviously, they're learning Torah, and Torah makes everything good. But why is it specifically, we're saying, they increase peace in the world? So I said a different shot last time, if you remember. I don't know if I shared it here. Shot that I said last time. I'm going to share a different idea tonight, but I'll just tell you the idea I shared last time was, which I think is a very significant idea also, side point. There's a certain amount, I've heard this idea said before, there's a certain amount of milchama, of war, that comes down to the world every year. There, yeah, so Yosef Franco spoke about this. Yeah, beautiful, such a beautiful idea. There's a certain amount of fighting that occurs. Every, Hashem Paskins. This year there's going to be a certain amount of milchama. Paskins on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. So when Talmidei Chachamim sit and learn Torah and they're fighting with each other on Torah, milchamta shel Torah, they're fighting with each other in Torah, they take away from the amount of fighting that has to occur between nations, between families, in the negative way, and it becomes a positive type of fighting. So in their fighting of Torah, they decrease the other negative fighting, and therefore they're increasing shalom in the world. I think that's a beautiful idea, but I'm going to share a different idea tonight that fits in with a theme of peace that we're going to speak about here. So before we get back to that, we have two Gemarot in Mesechet Sota on this topic of Shlom Bayit erasing Hashem's name. The first Gemara is Dav Gimel and the Gemara tells us as follows. Listen to the Gemara. Two statements of Rav Chizda. Amar Rav Chizda, Gimel about halfway down the page. Znuta bebeita ki karya leshum shema. When there is znuta, znut, when there's uh, inappropriate relations, meaning somebody in, in the house is cheating, they're going and sleeping with somebody they shouldn't be, it's like karya leshum shema. What is karya leshum shema? It's like a worm consuming a sesame seed, meaning it's like a bug eats the sesame. It destroys the house. If someone in the house is cheating, it ruins the house. That's one statement. Another statement, when there's anger in the house, okay? It's also like the worm consuming the sesame seed. It means when there's fighting, we should never know, between husband and wife, destroys the house, destroys the family unit. Now listen to this. Both of them are more severe when it's the woman who's involved in it. But with a man, it's not as much of a problem. Now, why? Oh, now it sounds like we're allowed to get angry and shalom, but other thing. But the point is, what's the pshat? What's the pshat? So Rashi says something fascinating. Who takes care of the house generally? The woman. So if the woman is busy getting angry or cheating, going out, the house is going to fall into disrepair. If the man's doing it, obviously it's a sur and it's going to cause terrible destruction, but the damage won't be as felt. It'll be there. You're going to cause bad... By the way, and if you're screaming at her, she'll scream back. Or if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, she'll figure out and do the same thing. It's going to, the Gemara tells us the woman acts just like her husband. So she's going to do the same thing. But what we see is, when there's this destructive force in the house, anger, fighting, destroys the house. Comes the Gemara in Daf Yudzayin, in Sota also, and it explains to us a little bit more. Why? Rabbi Akiva explains as follows. Rabbi Akiva, 
That's true. That's true. That's true. Oh. You have mentioned this, Gemara. You mamash mentioned this before. Listen to this. Darish Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva expounded the Psukim. Ish and Isha. Okay? Ish is man. Isha is woman. Now, what are the words, the letters of Ish? The letters of Ish is Aleph, Yud, Shin. Aleph, Yud, Shin. Shoresh is Esh. What are the letters of Isha? Aleph, Shin, Hey. Also, Esh, you see fire. So it says Rabbi Akiva, Ish vi Isha, man and woman, husband and wife. Zahu, if they merit, means they're behaving like they should. They treat each other with shalom, peace. Shalom bayit exists. Shechina b'neihem. The shechina rests amongst them. Meaning, Hashem took the yud from his name, put it in ish. He took the hay from his name, put it in isha. When they're doing what they're supposed to, Hashem put the letters of his name between them to show that he will rest amongst them in their house, between ish v'isha, between man and wife. Lo zachu, shalom, they're not meritous, they're fighting, there's no shalom amongst them. Esh ochlatan. So then a fire will consume them. A shoresh is esh. Amarava and Rava says, Udeisha adifa ish. The woman will cause the destruction much, much worse than the man. What's the reason? Hai mitzarev, Because by isha, the word, the letters ish are already next to each other. The hay is only after. As opposed to by ish, the letter hay, yud is in between. So it's only when Hashem removes it. But what do we see? We see from these two gemarot that if there's fighting between man and his wife, then what ends up happening is it destroys the house. And in the flip side, how it should be, shalom b'neim, zachu, there's peace between man and his wife, there's shalom bayit in the house. So what happens then? Shechina b'neim. Shechina rests amongst them. And actually the Gemara tells us it used to be that when everybody treated each other like they were supposed to, Shechina rested with everyone. Chas v'shalom, lo aleinu, we have today. Unfortunately, a lot of behaviors that are not appropriate, whether it's mistreating the spouse or doing other things that are not appropriate, we're removing the Shechina from our house. We should never know of such things. But unfortunately, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's a different issue. You don't, you don't even have the Shechina. I mean, that's a, you could bring the Shechina, that's true. You learn Torah, you bring the Shechina anyway, fine. So I want to suggest as follows. I think it comes out of a major point over here. What the Gemara is telling us is, if there is shalom, if there is shalom bayit, there is peace that exists, the Shekhinah rests amongst you. If you don't have, if you don't have shalom, if you don't have peace, there's fighting, chas shalom, uh, anger, people don't get along. So then, unfortunately, the Shekhinah leaves us. The reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's better you erase my name, is because what he's saying is like this. Right now, the husband and wife don't get along. If they're not getting along, so what does that mean? Shechina is anyways not resting amongst them. Right now, right now, Shechina does not rest amongst them. The only way the Shechina will rest amongst them is if you restore Shalom. So says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I would rather you erase my name so that you can restore peace so that the Shechina can rest amongst them again. But in the state that it is right now, anyways the Shechina is not amongst them. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's worthwhile to erase the name of Hashem 
even though how terrible that is, so that you can restore the shalom, so that the Shekhinah can rest amongst them. Because in the current state, there's no Shekhinah there anyways. So it's as if you've erased it currently. So erase it so that the Shekhinah can come back. That's the point. So we're seeing from that that the, the power of Shalom Bayit is such, it's so important that the Shekhinah will only rest if there's Shalom Bayit. Erase my name, and then that will help you restore Shalom Bayit. Because without it anyways, there's no Shekhinah amongst you. So erase my name, and then the Shekhinah will come and rest amongst you again. Which is a tremendous idea in general. I want to just, as Matan was just mentioning, we, because when you erase the name of Hashem and she drinks it and she's innocent, she goes back to being with her husband. If she's in, if she's not innocent, forget about it. If she's innocent, it tells us she's muteret to her husband. She goes back. So now that there's shalom bayit again, the shechina will come back amongst them, and Hashem wants the shechina to be amongst them. So Hashem says, "I'd rather erase my name, although that's a terrible isur, because at least that'll bring the shechina back." But as Matan mentioned before, it's a very important. We're going to just focus on this for a minute. When husband and wife, chas v'shalom, are fighting with each other, you're not just hurting yourself. You're not just hurting your wife. You're hurting the whole family unit. You're kicking Shekhinah out of your house. Chas v'shalom. You're removing everything that's good from your house. It's a terrible thing. Very important thing to keep in mind in general. But now let's take this a step further. That's why when it comes to, like we said before, two Talmidei Chachamim, and we'll focus more on this momentarily, there is a problem. If they're not getting along, they're kicking the Shekhinah out. This is very serious. This is a very serious issue. Now, let's move on for a moment. The Pasuk in this week's parasha, now let's tie it into this week's parasha, says something beautiful, and Rashi explains this. Listen to this. In the Zot Bracha, it's Perak Lamegimel Pasuk. Um, hey. Pasuk says, before all of the brachot, that all of the, you know, Yaakov Avinu gives, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, excuse me, gives brachot to all of the tribes before he dies. He goes through the Shvatim, Reuven, etc., moves on. Shevet Reuven, etc. Pasuk Hei says, Vayehi bishurun melech, it will be in Yeshurun, the king, Hashem, behisatef am, when the heads of the nation join together, yachad shiftei Israel, when the Shiftei Israel, the, the tribes of Israel are together, so then Hashem will be their king. Rashi says two explanations of this pasuk. The first pshat Rashi says is, whenever the, the heads of the tribes get together, the uh, leaders, Hashem is always amongst them. Beautiful. The second pshat Rashi says, Davar Acher, listen to this, on this idea. Behisatif, when they get together, it means, Behisatfam yachad, when the Jews gather together in a peaceful way as one group, then Hashem is their king. But if HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that there's fighting between the Jewish people, he says, you know what, I'm not their king. If the Jews are getting along, when the Jews are getting along together, so then then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm the king of these people. If they're fighting, they're not getting along, so what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? I'm not their king. Shekhinah doesn't want to have anything to do with that. When there's fighting, I don't want to have, to have anything to do with that. I stay away from them, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what the Pasuk in, in, in Zot Bracha Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them. And Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them this, this idea, this very idea. We want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to rest amongst us as the king. Jewish people have to get along with each other. You start fighting, you start creating issues between you, there's no way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be able to rest amongst you. He's going to remove himself. Shechina won't be amongst you. And Hashem says, I'm not the king of these people. And that's a terribly destructive thing. Nobody really want to fight, you know? 
We'll speak. You're right. Everyone wants, but the question is practically, what are we doing? Right. Let's speak a little bit more about this idea. You're right. Also, how you handle the situation. That's true. I'm saying no one really. Of course, of course. see between two groups sometimes. I don't want to mention names. Two groups of people. This is Shalom. What's going on? By the nature. It exists. The point is, it exists. Nobody wants to fight. But everyone has ego and gava, and it gets the best of us, and then we start creating issues. Now, look at the Pasuk for a minute. I want to focus in for a second. It's true, we said in general, if there's fighting, it sends away the Shekhinah. Hashem's not our king. But look what the Pasuk says very. Let's look closely at the Pasuk. What does it say? Who are the first ones that have to get along in order for there to be shalom? That Hashem's the king? What's it? Rosh. Rosh is the leaders. We should be the Rosh and not the Zanav. The leaders. The first one. You want, you want Yachad Shifte Yisrael? What is the Pasuk telling us? First it has to be Yisatev Rashi Am. Why is it so severe if Talmidei Chachamim are not getting along, like the Gemara is telling us? Because the Talmidei Chachamim are the leaders. They're the people that we look at for direction, for guidance. If I see these two Torah scholars can't get along, they're fighting with each other, calling each other names, treating each other in ways that they shouldn't, so then the people that follow each group, then it's not going to be Yachad Shiftei Yisrael. They're going to start fighting as well. That's why the Gemara in Ta'anit and Megillah says, you know who's going to cause the real destruction? It's when the people on top, the Talmidei Chachamim, the lay leaders, the people that are supposed to be giving direction, they fight, again, in things that are not appropriate. They're treating each other wrong. So then the nation learns that, and then they fight, and the Shekhinah leaves them. And that's, what, that's why actually it says Rashi Am here first. I heard once, or Moshe Meir Weiss, I listen to his Dafyomi sometimes, and he said, you know, in all positions, in all professions, there's a natural competition. You work in uh, credit card processing, the other one works in credit card processing. You're both trying to get a client. It happens to be in that profession, there's so many clients, you don't even need to fight for it. Uh, but the point is, you like work for Uber, he works for Uber, everyone's competing, and, and his success know. makes you feel bad, etc. But Rav Moshe Weiss said, there's one profession, you're not allowed to fight like that, and that is in the rabbinate. If you're a rabbi, you cannot fight with another rabbi. Because if you're fighting, again, for the wrong reason, I'm talking about the there's wrong no way. If you're competing or you feel like you're fighting for membership, you're fight in a way that's negative, what, you're, you're going about telling people, keep the Torah, and it says, you're completely doing the wrong thing and sending the wrong message. So Ramosh Mehrawai said, the one profession that you can't act in a com competitive way like that in the negative, there actually is competition that's good. We say, that's cannot so free, that's something else. But in a negative competition, putting down another rabbi, that's something that he says can't exist. I've heard him say that before. And that's why the Gemara says, if you have two Talmidei Chachamim in the city and they're competing or they're fighting like that, totally destructive behavior. Now let's take this one step further. We know, I asked this question actually a few weeks ago, or I guess it was a few months ago at this point. There's the Birkat Kohanim. Birkat Kohanim. No, 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 no. Well, Birkat Kohanim starts off and it says, And Rashi says it talks about wealth. The Kohanim are blessing us that we should have money, our money should be kept well. And at the very end it says, shalom. And Hashem will give you peace. So I asked the question then, why is it that Birkat Kohanim starts off talking about wealth 
Hashem says, I'll bless you with, with money and wealth and it'll be kept, etc. And it finishes off with peace. Why is it? Why is for money without peace? Okay, that's one way to look at it. That's one way to look at it. Halavai, it should be true. Halavai. So who said, somebody said this, I think it was one of you, I don't remember who said it. You'll forgive me for not quoting you. One of, one of you, David or, or, or Shlomo, I don't remember which one it was, said, I think it was one of you too, who said the pshat is, and I think it's such a beautiful idea, is because unfortunately, what ends up happening very when often people when people become affluent? You know, when we're not doing well, we really need each other's help, so then, oh, we learn to get along. <laughs> I need you, you need me, we get along. Once you make a little bit of money, and he makes a little bit of money, uh, next thing you know, we have two shuls in town. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm not stepping into your party, and you're not going to my party, and we get upset about shtuyot, and like you just said, unfortunately this happens in families sometimes, a little bit of money it blows up into something that it shouldn't be. Because that's, that's what's saying in Birkat Kohanim. He should bless you with money and you should become wealthy. But even when you become wealthy, you should still have peace. You should still learn to get along. Means it shouldn't take away from the peace that existed beforehand. It shouldn't be. That's that's why it says Meaning it naturally could cause. Unfortunately, it can cause fighting and all kinds of disruption of that piece. Despite all of that money, it should be used in the right way. We don't have to look... Exactly. That's when we kick. Very often you look, unfortunately, that's what happens. You know, you had friends or families. Suddenly a little bit of money comes into it. Or one of them gets a little bit, the other one gets, and suddenly everybody is fighting at each other's throats. A terrible thing. So that's what Birkat Kohanim is telling us, is despite the money, you should use it for the right things, not chas v'shalom, to cause fighting and cause issues for us. Now, as I mentioned before, we say, Talmidei Chachamim, Marbim Shalom Ba'olam. I'm going to say a second pshat today. Maybe the pshat, Talmidei Chachamim, Marbim Shalom Ba'olam, is to say as follows. If you have Torah scholars and they show the right message, meaning they treat each other, the two rabbis treat each other with shalom, with dignity, with peace, so then why are they marbim shalom ba'olam? Because then the kahal looks at them and they it's see, an this is how we're supposed to treat people. So that's why they're marbim shalom ba'olam. I think it's a much simpler idea, is that if they're nochin zelazebalacha, they treat each other with dignity, respect, and there is shalom between them, talmidei chachamim marbim shalom ba'olam. Very simple, because then others will look up to their leaders and say, if they're acting that way and that's how you're supposed to act, I'm going to act that way too. So by definition, they're going to cause peace in the world. And that's why the Gemara says, I think it's such a simple idea. Such a simple idea. They set the example. They set the bar. And then I'll finish off with this and we'll get to a story. We know the Pasuk tells us, The ways of the Torah are, are pleasant. And all its paths are peace, are shalom. So I heard one said, and I, and I think it's such a powerful idea. You can't say somebody is that he's following in the ways of the Torah unless he also exemplifies ni'imut and shalom. Meaning if you look at somebody, he learns a lot of Torah, he seems to be in a way of Torah, but he doesn't have the midah of ni'imut, of pleasantness, of shalom, of peace, there's something wrong over there. That's not Torah. By definition, you have to have shalom. You have to treat each other in the way of shalom. Only then could you say, That's only then that you have the ways of the ways of the Torah. You're lacking in that. That's a tremendous issue. I'm going to finish off now with a story. It's a very powerful idea we just said, which is we have to focus on this. It's not a simple thing because you know it's very easy. We have gava, we have ego, 
There's a lot of forces, like Yosef said, he's right. Nobody wants to fight, basically. Everyone's good at heart, but sometimes our anger gets the best of us, or our gava gets the best of us, our ego, our bias, etc., our agenda. Such an important thing. Shalom is such an important thing, and unfortunately the opposite of it destroys, totally destroys. I'm going to share a story with you about Shalom. From, the story is from everything. Story. Rav Dui Ben Susan. <laughs> Rav Dui Ben Susan. Listen to this story. I thought it was a very powerful story. So if I mess up the details, you'll forgive me. I'm going to try my best to rec- remember every detail. He says, a story like this. He says that, you know, in, in Israel, they build on the side of mountains. He gave an example like you see in Harnof. In Harnof, they're building on the side of a mountain. Now, the way you build on the side of a mountain, you start at the bottom, I guess, and then as you build up, you flatten out area, then you build on top, and then you flatten out more, you build on top. Now, what ends up happening then is, is if the lower uh, neighbor, meaning the person living at the bottom, the roof of his uh, apartment or house will be at the floor or the yard of the person, you could imagine, use your imagination, very simple, will be at the floor level of the next one. And then the roof of the second floor will be at the floor yeah, level like of the this. third one. Like like uh, Legos. Like stairs, Imagine like Legos. Stairs. Like yeah, stairs, yeah, like stairs. Terrace. Ter- ter- exactly, terrace. So in the backyard, you have the mirpaset, you have the porch or the terrace, and the porch will be, the top the of the porch will be at the floor level of the second floor. So Rav Dovi mentioned the following story. He said like this. There was once, once a building of some sort where they had built multiple levels, and there was a fellow who bought the lower level, the second level, the third level, meaning different people were living on the different levels. Now, the fellow who had purchased the lowest level, meaning ground level, we'll call it, uh, let's just call them the Schwartzes, just easy to keep track over here. They had specifically purchased the ground level because they didn't want to have to walk upstairs. It was easy for them. They wanted ground level. Now, what they quickly realized after moving in was that they didn't take something else into account which became very problematic for them. Because they were on ground level, there were certain ganavim in the city, there were certain thieves in the city, and since they were ground level, they were the first target. They were the first target because they could come in from the back mirpeset, there was no fence blocking it in, allowing thieves to break in, and people broke in twice, causing them a tremendous amount of stress, and they had to figure out how to solve this problem. Okay, so the Schwartzes came up with an idea. What did they, they decide? They decided they're going to hire a contractor and he'll build a fence around their merpeset, around their backyard, around their porch, and this will block people from entering into their yard. Wonderful. And he goes and does that, or sorry, before he goes and does that, what ends up happening now is the second level people, let's call them the... Uh, the levies. The levies. They're getting upset because they're saying like this. How they can climb on the fence and they they're can not going to break into your yard anymore because of this merpeset. But now that you have a fence, now there's going to be street access to the second level. So the levies are getting upset at the Schwartzes. Why are you having this fence built in your yard, which now gives thieves the access to our? We're going to be the targets of thievery now. So it's not right, right? So what ended up happening, the Schwartzes put their wall up, and the levies get so upset, they say, we're going to take you to Din Torah. 
We're going to take you to court. We're going to take you to a Jewish court. We're going to, this is, you just did something that's going to cause us direct damage. They said we specifically bought the second level because we knew that thieves break into the first level. What? So therefore, your building a fence now causes us direct damage. We're taking you to court. And this fight goes on. And it doesn't just become a fight between Schwartz and Levy. It's now Mikey. everyone in the building is at here taking positions and everyone's at everyone's neck now. This one calls the other one a Ganev and a thief and a Russia wow. and all kinds of and back and forth. And now everyone's taking sides and it blows up, blows up. Now there's a court case tomorrow and the third level neighbor, we'll call him uh, Aaron because he's going to be the tzaddik here, the Oiv Shalom. He says, you know what? This is terrible. You're not going to go to court. I don't want them to go to court. This is just going to, this is not going to end well. So he calls up, right the night before the court case, he calls up the Schwartzes and the Levies to his apartment in the third level. And he says, I want you to come to my apartment. They both come to his apartment. And he says, you're not leaving this apartment until you make shalom between you. He says, I'll be the peacemaker. I'll be the Aaron. Aaron is going to make peace. You're not leaving my apartment until you figure out a solution. And I'm not going to let you go. You're going to figure this out. You're not going to court tomorrow. So they say, well, what do you want? This one, he's, he says he's the Ganev, and the other one says he's the Russia, and, and each one's at each other. Oh. Okay, so Aaron steps up, and he says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. The contractor you hired, Schwartz, to build on the first level, I'm going to call him up tomorrow. He's going to build up to the second level. That fence, he'll extend the fence till the second level, and who's, I'll pay for it out of my own pocket. In order to create peace between the Schwartzes and the Levies, I'm willing to take the hit of however much it costs. I'll pay the contractor to build up the fence a little bit taller so people don't break into the second level, and then the Schwartzes and the Levies should be happy. And the Schwartzes and the Levy, obviously, they're very appreciative for this, and they say, okay, listen, if, if you're willing to do that, we're willing to accept. They say, we're not going to court tomorrow, and as you can imagine, the fight quickly diffuses. They shake hands, they say, Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. Everybody's getting along. Then very next day, Aharon calls up the contractor. He builds up that fence to the second floor. The Levies and Schwartz has become best friends all over again. Now that's, should I end the story there? No. no, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the thieves came. <laughs> no, no, the third floor, if anything. Because it's only till the second floor. Comes Hanukkah that year. Aaron and his wife are going to a wedding. Okay, they're going to a wedding. And they left his 13-year-old daughter, means Aaron, and his, they left their 13-year-old daughter to babysit the kids. So the daughter and the other kids are at home, third floor. And in Israel, we know the custom is they light the menorah by the door, not by the window like we do here, by the door. So they go to the wedding. They're somewhere else. And the menorah is by the door on the third floor. Unfortunately, what ends up happening is a big wind comes, splashes oil against the door. The fire catches and quickly the whole third floor is engulfed in flames. Now you have this girl, 13-year-old girl, with her little, little siblings there. She tries to go out the front and it's, it's fire all around. There's nothing to do. Her only option is to go back to the porch, the merpeset. So she's on the Merpeset and she doesn't know what to do. She's stuck there with all the kids and a bunch of young Israelis happened to be underneath and they were able to use that fence that had been created up till the second floor to climb up to the second floor, access the third floor and safely able to take all of the children down without anybody getting hurt. 
Now you think those $1,500 Aaron spent to build that second level of fence, you think it was worth it? Save this kid's lives. Shalom is such a powerful thing. We think about it, that's a powerful story. But when we see fighting, or chas v'shalom, it's between us and somebody else, to squash that, destroy that, get rid of that fighting, get rid of it. Shalom is so destructive, and we see the power of shalom, as we just proven from so many sources. When there's peace, you have shekhinah. When there's peace, Hashem is our king. And when there's peace, the shalom bayit, husband and wife live in tranquility, you have everything good in the world. Bezat Hashem. As we finish the Torah, we say, The ways of the Torah are peace. We should be zochet as we enter now, Sukkot, Simchat Torah, to really internalize that. We should always understand peace, way more important than anything else. Forget about the fights. There's always good reason. He's the Rasha, he's the Ganav, he's a... Okay? But Shalom. Shalom. We should be zochet, always have peace. And I wish everybody Chag Sameach in advance. Be a beautiful Sukkot. Simchat Torah. Bezat Hashem. We're going to have a class next Monday. All the best, gentlemen.